Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message this morning is like is titled Like a Roaring Lion. When I was in the 10th grade, um, our uh, high school, they had to go to split sessions because the incoming class, the 9th grade, was so large. Um, there were over 900 students in the just the uh, 9th grade class. And so um, what that meant for us is that all of us, 10th through the 12th grade, we, we went to the early session. So we started about 7 a.m., but we were done by 12.30. And um, I, don't, I don't even remember what they did. Maybe they weren't serving lunches and stuff. They, they just did things differently because they had no options with so many students in the school. Our high school had somewhere north of 4,000 students in it. And um, I would come home. So that meant I was coming home about 1 p.m. And um, this one afternoon, I, we only lived like half a mile from the high school, so I walked home. And I um, was walking through an apartment complex that afternoon, and there was a four- or five-year-old on the sidewalk tricycle. And when I came walking down that sidewalk, um, that little four or five-year-old began to curse at me and demand that I get off of his sidewalk in no uncertain terms. And when I say cursing, he wasn't holding nothing back. I'm sure if his parents had heard this, they would have been embarrassed and upset, and he probably would have got... This is back in the day when you would swat a child if they were out of line. And, and uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm 16 years old. Could have been 15. I don't remember what time of the year it was. but And, uh, and so I'm approaching this kid, and he begins this tirade. And I don't know what the context was. I don't know what his problem was. I'm, you know, I'm just walking down the sidewalk and he's on it with his tricycle and he wants me to not be on it. And I'm sure I, I muttered something that goes like this. You don't want to mess with me, little guy. It won't go well with you. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big guy, but... You know, I'm 15, 16 years old, and this was a four or five-year-old on a tricycle. And, um, and so I, I did something like that and went on my way. And um, I said all of that to say to you this morning. It's now already afternoon. Um, our response to Satan should be very similar to my response to that little guy. 
I mean, this little guy was huffing and puffing and acting like he could take me out if he had the opportunity. I knew something he didn't know. He couldn't take me out. I was bigger than him. I was faster than him. I was stronger than him. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't pray about it. I didn't call a friend. Are you listening to me this morning? I wasn't even a little afraid. It was as if he was a gnat bugging me. I could have flicked him and made him cry. It was a big nothing on my concern radar. And that's what I want you to get as it relates to the devil when he messes with you. Just play the first video, Maria. Again, George, you can turn them up a little bit. Why don't you listen to this for a moment? think you get the point that would if you heard that yeah you you you'd feel something wouldn't you you'd think something wouldn't you here's what I want you to think a change. There was even purring. I just heard that. (laughs) Your mentality of how you view the menacing sounds of Satan. Like this child in my illustration, Satan may appear as dominant. He may be loud He may hurl curses at you, but he's already been defeated. He's a big nothing. As a child of the king, any place you go becomes your territory. Tell Satan you don't want to mess with me, little guy. It won't go well for you. So I begin at this. Satan, I'm on to you. 
I want all of you alerted today. I want you to, your picture to be reframed. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around, say, like a lion. Like a lion. Like a lion. Looking for someone to devour. He's not a lion. He's more kitty cat than lion. He's already been defeated. God's already set you up. The devil is merely like a roaring lion. That's what I want you to catch. The only time he can bite is when he has instilled fear into you with his roars. That's the only time he can bite. I'm telling you, he's more kitty cat than lion. He cannot overtake you unless you listen to his lies. Remember, he's the father of lies. Like the little boy in my little illustration. He thought he knew something. He thought he had power. He thought he had authority. He thought he had rights. He displayed them like a proud peacock. But it was a big nothing. Satan doesn't have the wherewithal to take you out. Come on, shout amen. He doesn't have the power or the capability to take you out. He promotes something that he can't carry out if you refuse to listen to him and his lies. So what does the word tell us? Here in 1 Peter 5.8 it says, stay alert because he'll always try to block you. He'll always try to mess with you. He'll always try to confuse you. He'll always try to instill doubt in you. Got a lot of roar. But Peter reminds us that we must prepare for his intrusion. Be alert, New Living says. Peter says, be alert, be wise. Like a lion, he's trying to establish territory. That's what they do when they roar. They're not, they're not on the attack when they roar. Satan's trying to establish territory in your heart and in your mind. If he can make you like Pastor Amy was on to our earlier this morning... He'll make you double-minded. So you get wishy-washy. You start to wonder if, maybe, could be. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. You've never lost a battle. (laughs) You get that in your spirit. You'll start treating him like he's a kitty cat. I heard you. Pipe down. Shut up. Go away. 
You tell him. There's my amen I was looking for. Fear is the fertile soil for him to plant seeds of doubt. So that's why he's trying to instill fear in you. So watch out for him, Peter tells us. Really, God's telling us by inspiration of Holy Spirit. Peter's the one that's, that's promoting its, its message. Stay alert. Watch out. But don't let him suck you into his whirlpool of control. That's his goal. That's what he wants to do. He wants to mess you up enough and get you distracted and looking at the circumstance, looking at the problem, feeling some pain or or looking at some situation with heartache and you get bound up, you're thinking on it, you're thinking on the trouble, you're thinking on the problem, you're focused on that and that is a distraction. That's the roar of the lion. It's just a distraction. Satan is trying to set up territory in your mind. Don't let him suck you into that mess. He'll control you with imaginations and fears that are unrealistic. I'll talk about that here in a minute, but I want you to get to the place where you do not fear. Fear not. The only power the enemy has is what you give him. Ephesians 4.27, listen to this verse. It's in the word. I'm not making this stuff up. And give no opportunity to the devil. You see that word? You can't give something if you don't have it. You have the right of refusal. So refuse to give him one opportunity into your heart and into your life. Refuse. Give no opportunity. And Paul, writing here to a good church. (laughs) A good church. He's saying, give no opportunity to the devil. Remember, Satan's the father of lies, right? What does he do? He'll use every possible means of deception to accomplish his singular goal of your destruction. That's what he's after. He wants you out. Little boy wanted me off his sidewalk. That's my sidewalk. Apparently, he had free reign on that sidewalk until I decided to walk on it. That was his sidewalk. I asked our... Wednesday night crowd, how many of them freak out over spiders? How about here in this crowd? How many of you freak out over spiders? I'm not raising my hand because I do. I'm just asking you to do so. Be honest with the preacher this morning. Come on. Husbands, look at your wives. Put that hand up there, woman. I've seen you. All right. So about two-thirds of the Wednesday night crowd did about the same here this morning in this group. Do you know how many species of spiders there are in the United States of America? 3,000. You only know that because you were in the early service. 3,000. Do you know how many? Same goes for you too. 
Do you know how many are deadly in the United States of America? <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> there are three. Three deadly spiders in the United States of America. Now do the math with me. I'm going to help you all out. Even in church we're learning math. So that works out to 0.10% chance. That's one-tenth of 1% chance that the spider you encounter is deadly. And yet... This one right here, Dad, there's a spider. Just get it out. Don't care. I'm, I'm, honey, smash it. Do something. I, it's a spider. So now listen. That, see? See that fear? There's one aggressive spider of the three. The brown recluse. And so you're looking at them and you're thinking, I don't want to even try to identify them. You're just scared of all of them. And that's a tactic that the enemy uses in every one of our lives. He wants us afraid at anything he does. He wants to create doubt and fear in you in any possible means. He'll use anything that he can when he doesn't have the power because one-tenth of one percent of the spiders you may encounter. And guess what? These spiders are venomous, not poisonous. Yeah, now you want to know, right? What difference does that make? A venomous spider... Versus a, any kind of venomous being. Versus the, the, the poisonous variety. A poisonous colorful frog in Brazil. If you touch it. It's not going to go well for you. They're poisonous. Spiders are venomous. That means they have to bite you. To inflict any damage. But you know with the enemy. Don't let him bite you. Don't let him near you. Do you know. Here, here's the trick. You can smash a spider. You, you can be the weak, weakest human being. And smash a spider. Let's move on. Some of you are saying this is getting creepy. <laughs> Your responsibility as a child of God is to never open a door to the devil. That's what that word is. Don't, even, don't open any doors. Don't give him any opportunity. How do you open doors to him? Now I got to do this. Uh, I wished I didn't, but I do. There's the obvious doors we open to the enemy, like alcohol, drugs, and 
um, immorality, flirtatious actions with someone you're not married to. That's an open door to the enemy. You're, you're letting him in. You're saying, okay. You're, you're carrying on a conversation, an intimate style conversation with someone to whom you're not married. I'm trying not to look at anybody. Um, <laughs> just about have to turn around not to do that, but... And, and, you know, and, and uh, it, it's flirtatious in its nature. You know what you're doing? You're opening the door to the enemy to do robbery. I'll move on. Don't want to make two people too nervous. You should know these things too. These are obvious, but not so obvious to everyone. If you're playing with Ouija boards, participating in a seance, or trying some direct attempt to communicate with the devil, if you're practicing white witchcraft... Open door, wide open door. That's welcoming the enemy. Those of you Puerto Ricans, Santaria is there's nothing good about it. No such thing as white witchcraft. There are some less obvious things that I should mention. Bouts of anger and rage. You're opening the door to the enemy. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. Doesn't say entertain it, dance around it. Paul says, writing to another, this is Ephesians again, this is a good church. Maybe the best church in the Bible. The church at Ephesus. Ephesians 4.31. Get rid of it. Some of you are enjoying these horror movies during October. Cut it out. I could just say generally unwholesome television. Just get rid of it. I know that narrows down what you can watch. I realize that. But you'll be better off in the long run. But I don't want to miss this because it's in the Word of God. It's less obvious, but perhaps more dangerous, harboring unforgiveness is an open door to the enemy. He will steal from you. It's like saying, come on in, devil. I'll give you what you want. It's a wide open door. It's you sitting in your living room saying, I'm sitting here with $100,000 cash. If anybody's interested, my door's unlocked. That's what we do when we harbor unforgiveness. We're opening the door to the enemy. You allow bitterness to stay in your heart? Open door. Come on in, Satan. Do what you want. So what are you going to do? You're going to take your rightful position of authority in Christ. So let me take you back. Way back. Y'all say way back. Genesis 1.28. Here it is. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. 
Did you know that God sent mankind or set mankind on this earth to have dominion? You think I'm making these words up. I just read from first, I mean Genesis 1 verse 28. He said, fill the earth, govern it, reign over it, and everything in it. What do you do if you're a governor? What if you reign over something? Doesn't that imply something? Don't those words mean something? Govern it, reign over it, and everything in it. Say everything. He wants you to reign over everything in it. Everything on it. This was God's intention with Adam and Eve. He set them up. You're going to govern this. You're going to reign over this. I give you charge over this. Adam had stuff to do. He engaged. Think about Man, being the first of creation, you don't have your mind cluttered up with mess. Like where you were born and what your skin color was, what your hair color. He didn't have any of that stuff. He just had a fully on creative mind. That's how he could name all those animals and plants and such. This is your God-given rightful position. Fill the earth, govern it, reign over it, and everything in it. When Adam and Eve gave in to sin, however, they yielded their dominion rights. I've said nothing about Rebecca and Tina wearing those god-awful shirts. Just insert that. Just insert it right in there. I have the power of the pulpit. You can have your shirt. We'll talk next week. Anyway, those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, it's all right. It's just let's move past this moment. Hurt may get micahed tonight, but we'll move on. Oh, a few of you will catch that one, but. We've been doing this ever since. Yielding our rights to the enemy. Our God-given rights. That's the bad news. I got some good news for you, though. What Adam and Eve lost in the garden, Jesus gave back through the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. During those three days that Jesus was in the grave, he had a task. He went down, if you will, into the bowels of of Hades. And he said, you no longer have power over death, over hell, over the grave. I'm taking it back. 
You may think you have something going. All you are is a little kitty cat. You can roar all you want. Meow. Jesus took it back. You, you, think I'm, you, you think I'm making this stuff up? Listen, listen to me. I can prove my point. There was nothing that Jesus didn't have dominion over while he walked on this earth. Consider how he did this. Every situation he wanted to, he bent to his will. He walked on water. He cursed a plant. It's unnatural for a plant to die in one day. But he changed what was natural. It's unnatural for a human being to walk on water. He changed it. And God's been doing that throughout history. He suspended time so that they could win the battle. So you're telling me he's never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. And he never will. You just have to understand who you are. And understand what he's accomplished. That's all this, this takes to us, for us. So as a child of God, the, the assurance you have from God is that you are free from the spirit of fear. You're freed from it. God has set you in a place that is above every contrary spirit because you are now in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm in Jesus. I have no fear. Do you think that if I were sitting up here, well, I'll use this illustration at this point. It's going to change soon. My daughter hopes very, very soon. But uh, if I were sitting here with one of my grandchildren, do you think that that I, I would let any one of you mess with them? I would do it spiritually and I would do it physically. There's no way you're going to do anything to one of my granddaughters. I, I'm not going to let it happen. And do you think God's any different with you? He's given you rights and authority. You just got to understand who you are. God always keeps his own children safe because he's a good father. It's just his nature. He keeps us safe. He's got our lives in his hands. When the devil brings crazy imaginations to put fear in your heart, let the knowledge of who you are in Christ give you boldness. Knowledge. What roar are you listening to? I want you to start listening to the roar of the word of God. That comes with substance. That is eternal. God's word will reign and it will never end. That's why, wow, Jesus is the word made flesh. 
The Bible says that you must cast down any imagination that tries to exalt itself in your heart against the knowledge of God. That's what the Bible tells you to do. Cast it down. Write down 2 Corinthians 10.5. It's not in your notes there, so write it down. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This means you have to put effort into it. Just like you don't give place to the enemy, you don't give opportunity for him to to mess you up, you have to intentionally cast down any kind of imagination or argument or something that tries to set itself up against God or his word. Take it into captivity. If he tells you you can do this, then you can do it. So you must choose to set up a guard against the attempts of Satan to take away your authority. Choose to. (laughs) We'll turn the word back on you now. You can do all things. That's you. Paul said that, didn't he? I can do all things. I can do all things but fail. Why? Because he's never lost a battle. He won this battle at the cross so you too can win whatever the battle is for you. You got to choose to never bow to fear. It's a decision you make. This is a decision you make. You're intentional about it. So that's what I'm going to close with today. Rising above fear. Rising above fear. And here's how you do it. Let your knowledge of God rise above every fearful imagination that the devil brings to you. Your knowledge of God. How do you get knowledge of God? Fill your mind with that instead of all of the garbage that's out there. I mean, even some, some of you watch, my wife and I, we're pretty good about this. We just, we know when we've got to turn off the news, even if it's what we believe and think. There's a point at which you just turn the mess off. Go to the Word of God. Spend some time with Him. So let the knowledge of God rise above every fearful imagination that the devil brings to you. Second, number one here with this, under this point, fear is just a tool of the devil to keep you in bondage. Don't allow it into your heart. It's just a tool of the devil. Fear is? Romans 8, 15, write that down behind that. Number one, Romans 8, 15. So you have not... Received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. My little granddaughters call me Papa. 
Very much like that word right there. God is watching over you with the love and care of a great dad. You cannot allow Satan's roaring to make you tremble in fear. That doesn't mean he's going to stop. I'm just telling you, you can't allow it to make you tremble in fear. He cannot take territory from you without your consent. That was a good word. That should have been in your notes. I'll say it again. He cannot take territory from you without your consent. Typically, we don't even know that we've yielded consent. We've opened doors, sometimes inadvertently, but sometimes just out of fleshly desire. We've opened doors to him. So you must be intentional about not giving him anything. You have to be mindful of who you are and and let the devil know that. As with Jesus, use the power of the word to send the devil running. You have that capacity. Just gain it. Learn it. You know what? Most people, when they, you know, you don't, if you don't know your rights, you can't display your rights. If you don't know them, you can't display them. You can't walk in it with some kind of authority if you don't know it. So get to know what your rights are as a child of God. A child of the king. Know those rights. Then when Satan tries to tell you something different, like I have a right to invade your life, you tell him, get! I need to move on. I'm going to do it. Almighty God is your daddy. You're sitting on the lap of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What do you think he's going to let happen to you? And he's given you rights. He's given you position. He's given you authority. I've used this illustration before, but my children in my house, and even now, but even especially when they were young, they didn't have to ask if they wanted something out of the refrigerator. Didn't have to have permission. Don't have to ask me if they want. You know, it's there. I provided it for you so you could enjoy it. God's provided your protection. He's covered you. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. Trust Him. Trust His Word. Trust His way. I'll move on. You have absolutely no reason to fear because there's no one stronger than He. That's what it's all wrapped up in. There's no one stronger than He is.
And here's the thing I got. You guys got to catch this. Because you're a child of God, no matter what the situation may be, fear not. No matter what the situation is, don't fear. And I, I stuck this next, next line in because I want, it, I want this and the song, and, and I just want to stay at that song. And I, I tell you what, worship team, as many of you as are here, come on back. Come on back. Because we're going to do it some more. But I want you to catch this next line. Some of you have the note. Here it is. The deadliest spider can be smashed under the foot of the smallest child. Are are you listening to me? (laughs) Because they're venomous, not poisonous. The deadliest spider that can kill a 200-pound human being can be smashed under the foot of the smallest child. Okay, I know you want them to have shoes on. All right. But still, you get the point? You don't have to be a giant in faith to understand whose you are. He's given you the ability to smash the head of the serpent. It was stated in the garden. He will bruise your heel. But you will smash or crush his head. That's what Jesus did. And he gave those rights to you. Walk like it, talk like it, act like it, move and operate like it. Your ministries, your life general. Finally, remember who you are. So we're going to sing it some more. I want this song so drilled into your head that you're still singing it next week when you come back to church. You can do all things but fail Say it again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Never lost the battle. I know, I know you never will. You can, you can do all. God's not in the business of losing these battles. He's not in the business of letting you down. I'm only asking today that you grab hold of faith. Perhaps there's an area of weakness. 
Perhaps you've been listening to the lies of the enemy. Maybe the circumstances are so bad for you that it's clouded any faith that you did have. But you know what God's doing today? He's bringing you back up. He's building that faith back up because He wants you to walk out of here assured and strong and capable. So here's what I'm going to do this morning. It's kind of going to be a different altar call. If you've been in the battle, you feel weakened, but you realize right now that you've not been walking in what you should be walking in, I want you to just, as a measure of faith, step out of your pew, come forward right now. This isn't about us laying hands on you. You're saying, I realize that I'm not where I need to be. And so they're going to continue to sing, and you're going to walk forward. And we're going to believe God for you today. Come on. Come on. I'm going to grow. in this zone, just lift your hand right where you're at. I'm going to pray you out of here. God, I thank you that your children, Lord, we know, we know that we've got our struggles and there are issues and situations and sometimes, Lord, our, our uh, eyes and our faith gets clouded by the circumstances. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're going to take these men and women out of this young people, Lord, that you're going to carry them through this. And then, Father, when they walk out of this service today, this song will ring in their ears. And every time they hear the enemy roar, they'll remember that it's nothing more than a meowing of a cat. Nothing more than an annoying noise. 
and to God they have been given authority they've been given dominion you paid the price you did the work you took the keys and you gave them over to us you said that whatever we bind on earth it's already been bound in heaven whatever we loose on earth it's already been loosed or is loosed in heaven because at our word we act in faith taking our rightful place of dominion over that which would uh, steal from us rob from us take from us so build your people lord strengthen your church in your name i pray amen and amen god bless you i love you folks have a beautiful day I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.